0: Welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and And we thank you for listening to the podcast and we encourage you to follow us on any platform that you get your podcasts. We are available everywhere so listening is easier than ever. And we are here to recap what was an incredibly wild, super wild card weekend that began with the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers facing off for the third time this year. A lot of divisional matchups here in the first round, three of them, in fact. And this one, I think, was probably the least surprising of the three as the 49ers handily won the game 41-23. to 23.
1: Yeah, certainly. And we talked about this game probably had the biggest potential to be a blowout of the weekend, and that held out. The Seahawks got it tied, or even had the lead at half, but it certainly wasn't enough. And at the time, it felt like a two. Even the broadcaster was saying, it was "Like wow, it felt like Seattle had the perfect half and they're up by one. Yeah. So...
0: Right, that last-minute field goal drive was perfect. So, perfectly on the half. They got it. They went into the, the halftime feeling really good about themselves, and they came out and just fell flat.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, when I look at this game, I'm just really impressed with the 49ers offense and Brock Purdy. I mean, their their best weapons all came to play this week. Debo Samuel having 165 all-purpose yards... McCaffrey, 136 all-purpose yards, and Ayuk with 73 receiving yards. The only one you didn't see a lot of maybe was Kittle, who went two for 37. And Purdy himself even, he set a career high in yards, and yards for attempt. I mean, if that's any indication of how good he was.
0: Yeah. All right, we had uh, questions. Maybe that was the only question mark that we had about the 49ers, which was how is he going to perform under the playoff pressure? And he comes in response with the best game of his career.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. And he definitely wasn't managing the ball at all. And they mentioned on the broadcast some type of set, and I can't quite recall it now, but they were saying this was the most deep passes he had ever thrown. And you could see it out on the broadcast as well, as it looked like he was really throwing around the yard there. And there were some absolute darts in there. Yes. There's one in particular I remembered. Ayuk where I just went, wow, like what a throw that was.
0: Yeah. And like he throws a really nice ball. Like some guys they they, they hit, they're great throwers, but like their their form doesn't look great. Like Phil Phil Rivers and you know other guys, but he has a really smooth motion. It's really nice to watch to him throwing the ball. And he in this game this is crazy. So Jimmy Garoppolo played 6 games, 6 playoff games for the 49ers and had four touchdowns in 6 games. Brock Purdy including his rushing touchdown had four touchdowns in one game. <laughs> I mean, that's insane to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the confidence and the momentum this team has right now is absolutely off the charts.
0: Right, and, and like they just look like absolute top dogs right now, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, they do. Like, like anybody watched them can certainly have just a lot of confidence in that team and and how they're playing right now.
0: Yes, and I think that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo was. Well, I think we all knew that Jimmy Garoppolo was holding this team back a little bit, and I know there's a lot of people that go to war for Garoppolo and say, you know, hey, he wins games, but I think it's just, I mean, there's really no way to prove that it was him behind all those wins, like, Brock Purdy is giving you way more production at the quarterback level, and I think he's much better than Jimmy Garoppolo, and I, I just think this goes to prove that Garoppolo was kind of holding them back this whole entire time, not, he wasn't leading them to victory, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I never thought he was actually leading them to victory either, I mean, that's always kind of how it's been looked at, I think, by a lot of people, is that, that 49ers offense didn't particularly need, or they could operate without uh, an elite quarterback. And the drafting of Trey Lance was supposed to be a step in the other direction, was supposed to be that athletic quarterback who's going to be able to lead you to games. Yes. And obviously with what's happened. We haven't found out anything about him yet. But, I mean, Brock Purdy, with some good aggressiveness here, has shown that it can really take San Francisco to a whole other level.
0: Yes, and they can win. I think they're. We, we obviously know they're more than capable of winning, even when he doesn't have a great game, because their team is just so so good on all phases of the game. Yeah. So that is yeah, that's no surprise to me that they blew the Seahawks out. Uh, the Seahawks out, and the Seahawks that was a really good season. By that, maybe I think the the biggest surprise for me probably this year because Geno Smith was a guy that I'm to be honest, I wasn't even sure if he was in the league anymore. And he comes out and just has an incredible year, and he should get paid uh, in the offseason because he just played really well this year.
1: Uh, Interesting stat on Geno Smith here. Um, Weeks 1 to 5, so his first five games, he was number 1 in PFF grade and number 5 in EPA per play out of 35 quarterbacks. But after that, weeks 6 through 19 in his last 13 games, he was number 21 in PFF grade and number 21 in EPA per play out of Twenty out of forty quarterbacks.
0: Oh, okay. So interesting. So maybe. Well, I I don't buy into that too much. I think you know the schedule gets harder, playoffs start becoming a looming a looming thing, and they were slumping down there. I mean, it's bound to happen, right? When you have a quarterback like that, but I think he's really sh- I think he's shown enough to get a contract.
1: I do too, but I think I thought maybe we all had that he would regress to the mean a little bit, and I think he has.
0: Yeah, I think but like where he's at is still a good value. Like if you don't overpay for him, you could definitely win with that type of performance.
1: Yes, I, I agree with that.
0: As long as you don't like pay him the big as long as you don't go like Kirk Cousins mode. Like Kirk Cousins got way too much money for the talent level he's at. I think they're comparable at this point. Like you don't want to pay a guy like that like like Josh Allen money cuz he's not going to give you that sort of production.
1: Yeah, certainly.
0: So, like, hang on to him because good quarterbacks are really hard to find, as the Colts have found out and, you know, countless other teams that are just in disastrous situations. So if you find someone that can play like this, keep them, like the Giants with Dana Jones, which we'll get to, but don't overpay. But I I, I wouldn't be so quick to move off Geno. I think he will stay in Seattle. It just seems like a good fit. It seems like they're they're happy there all around. Yeah. And uh all right, yeah, we're going to transition into this next game which saw the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Los Angeles Chargers at home 31 to 30. And uh I'll let Scott have the board first on this game.
1: I mean, what do you think about this game? I think only one word comes to mind for me and that is wow. Just <laughs> wow. I mean, what an absolutely incredible comeback by the Jaguars there. Four straight touchdown drives. After throwing four picks by Lawrence. And just really an incredible comeback. And what an incredible meltdown by the Chargers here. Just absolutely crazy. I mean, there was a lot of fun being poked out on Twitter and other social medias out there. It's like, oh, not even the Chargers could blow this one. Oh, how wrong were we? Now, I know that uh, Rob has said he's got certainly got some strong opinions about this one. So I'd like to hear what he has to say. <laughs> yes.
0: So, last week, we gave our bracket predictions. Before the season started, we gave our season predictions. And I had the Chargers in both going to Super Bowl and losing. And this year, I went all out Chargers mode. I had Justin Herbert winning the MVP. I had Brandon Staley winning Coach of the Year. And the Chargers going to Super Bowl, coming out of the AFC. And they have let me down time and time again. <sighs> okay. Brandon Staley, you're up 27 to nothing. You have a plus five, not one, not two, not three, not four, plus five turnover differential. How do you lose this game? This is unacceptable. You come out in the second half. You make no adjustment to what the Jaguars are doing. Your defense cannot stop them worth a lick. Your offense, for some reason, is passing that on every down. You have a 27-point lead. Run the ball. And this has been a problem all year for the Chargers. Their offensive line has been awful running the ball. They've done nothing to address it. And it's... It, turned out to be their nail in the coffin. They couldn't run the ball. They could, like Austin Eckler, 13 carries, 35 yards. Like that's awful. You can't win football games like that. To all those people that say that running the ball doesn't matter, look at this game. Cause they lost this because of the lack of the run game. And why is Brandon Staley not fired? They just fired their offensive coordinator. They fired their passing game coach. Fire the head coach. This guy's a clown. I betted him on, to be the coach of the year. He's the laughing stock of the league. He was one of the most talented teams. This team did more than any other team in free agency. We know that. They got so many playmakers on the team. And they are one and done in the playoffs after being favorite against essentially a rookie quarterback in a brand new system. This is unacceptable. Fire Staley. What a clown. And I declare the Chargers to be the new Clown Town team. You cannot lose this game. It's 27 to nothing. Oh. <sighs>
1: Well said. Yes. <laughs> I mean, a lot, even more into the, the Chargers. I mean, they were not at all locked to make the playoffs this year, and were looked at like they might not make it at one point. There's a lot put into that, like with a talent team, like oh, you might miss the playoffs. And then Staley playing as starters last week as well and losing one of his top receivers. Exactly. And then goes and says at a press conference this week that, <laughs> that rest matters more than reps. <laughs> Fool why did you play your start? The rest matters more than reps. Right. He's a clown.
0: <laughs> this man needs to, why is he still there? Why? And I'm not even a Chargers fan. This is, I just, this is foolishness. This is not a professional doing his job. This is a clown. This is, would you not agree, this is a laughing stock.
1: It definitely was with what transpired there.
0: It's just, it's so aggravating. And you brought up a great point earlier with, uh, what was it, Bandy. On that just awful play, he didn't know what was going on. There's actually a backstory to this. Why don't you enlighten our our fans here?
1: So what I heard about this play was this was originally Mike Williams' play, but of course he's injured. So his backup, DeAndre Carter, is supposed to take this play in place, which was practice, but he, of course, was also injured at this point in the game, which left it to Bandy to take this play. (laughs) Bandy, who had never practiced this play, didn't know what was going on. And Justin Herbert audible this play at the line. And obviously Bandy was very confused about what happened in this play. And on this third and one, where you could have got a first down and maybe you ran out the clock on the half, taking the Jaguars with zero points on the board going to the half, you now punt it back and allow them to start getting back in the game. <sighs> I mean, just gosh, just what an atrocious coaching decision to leave that in the playbook for Herbert to call in that situation. Like, just have some situational awareness there of what, to do
0: right and maybe not play your starters against the broncos when you don't even need the win which would have never that would have never happened if mike williams was in the game yeah like uh, but guys rest matters more than reps okay it's all that's we got that's what we have to take away from this so brandon staley says we know it to be true okay <laughs> all right <laughs> so that's that's the end of the chargers sad sad season and it looks like they're gonna keep staley so they're in for another sad season next year and I will be all over that. <laughs> all right, well, moving on from that disgusting game. But, by the way, congratulations to the Jaguars. I think they really composed themselves in the second half, and they did deserve the win. They just took advantage of an awful Char- Chargers team there.
1: Yeah, big props to them with one of the biggest comebacks of all time.
0: Yes, that for Trevor Lawrence, that that, that turned into like maybe the worst game ever to a, what will be one of the most memorable in his career. For sure. First playoff win in that manner, that's pretty good. Um, but yes, now we transfer to the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills squaring off at 1 o'clock on Sunday. And the Bills narrowly taking this game 34-31. to We saw a couple of games get a little scarier than we thought they were going to be. And what are you are taking away from this Bills game?
1: Well, I feel like I have a lot to take away from this game. I mean, the score is a lot closer than it really indicates. So... Post-game win expectancy, which is, like, how many, if this game was played, like, however many times, how often would you expect the team to win it? The Bills had a 98% post-game win expectancy. Wow. I mean, in a three-point game, you kind of have to dig a little bit deeper. Well, why is this? I mean, you look and you see some of the stats in this game about how much the Bills really outgained the Dolphins. It was by nearly 200 yards in total yards they did. And all of the the Dolphins' scoring drives... Okay, do you want to hear where these scoring drives started? They started on the Bills 22, the Bills 30, the Bills 19, and the Bills 7. <laughs> just crazy! Wow. Only did 92 yards on these four scoring drives. And the Bills defense as well allowed just 3.3 yards per play to the Dolphins. Only seven other times did a team allow fewer yards per play in the last 16 years that's crazy. of playoff games. I mean, that is why I still have a strong belief in this Bills team.
0: And yeah, that's that's insane. 98% on a three-point game, is that's mind-blowing. Like, that, that is crazy. And yeah, the Bills defense, look at the stat line. Jeff Wilson, 10 carries for 23 yards? That's terrible. That's your top runner. Skyler Thompson, 18 for 45 for 220, a touchdown and two interceptions. That's not that good. Like you expect to look at the final score and expect it to be a blowout or something near it, but it's not. And, uh, yeah, so I think this is a bit, uh, maybe a little bit of an overreaction to, to call the Bills frauds, which some people are saying. But I think they're one of the more scary teams because they are definitely a good team. But as this game proved, they tend to shoot themselves in the foot a little bit. And they made what should have been a blowout into a very close game. That's what kind of I'm taking away. Like, this should have been a blowout by all accounts. But it was not. It was a very close game. And if they do this against a better team, it may not end in the same result. But I, I still think that, you know, the, the the game was not quite as scary. Like, I, I never really was too concerned with the Bills winning this game. Because it just felt like they were in control in the entire time. Despite... The, you know, the the turnovers there.
1: Yeah, I agree with that too.
0: Right, so Bills hosting the Bengals next week. That is uh, going to be an incredible matchup, the matchup we never got to see. And uh, yeah, we'll get into that one later. But Dolphins, do you think they, they have a shot to be good next year? I mean, they, they definitely looked pretty good this year. Definitely an exciting team when Tua was in.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a really big question going into the off-season, is what are the Dolphins? And, I mean, that's a tough question for me as well. Because, like we discussed, like, I was still on the Dolphins bandwagon late into the year when many people had gotten off at that point. I mean, Tua Tagovailoa had a good year. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle had insane years. I mean, with a, a wide receiver duo that good, I'd still come back to this point every time. Maybe I'm putting too much weight onto this but I feel like that's just so dangerous like maybe you just need to do find some pieces on that team to really build around and I think you can be good
0: yes and when Tua wasn't playing well it was because of his injuries that were later revealed like the Packer game those three weird interceptions turns out he had a concussion and that's really the thing that I think a lot of people are concerned about is will he play like football again (laughs) because like he's had what like three concussions this year and all of them were kind of ugly
1: yeah Definitely. I mean, really hope the best for the guy.
0: Yeah, but I think, you know, he's definitely more than capable, and the Dolphins were right in the mix of things for a long time in in the season until they they kind of fell off there because of two of his injuries, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: So, yeah, I I definitely look forward to seeing what they can do next year, but in the meantime, first time they made the playoffs in a little bit there, and they put up a good fight, so good for them. Uh, and then we go to one of the the most the best games uh, for me to be quite honest because it saw the Giants beat the Minnesota Vikings thirty-one to twenty-four, and this game was pure bliss for myself.
1: Yeah, and a a fun one to see the end of there. I mean, there was a lot of picks of the Giants this week to pull off an upset win, and I saw it openly mocked. In multiple places, being like, oh, the Giants being a trendy pick, there's no such thing as a trendy upset pick there. Maybe the 13 and 14 is actually good. Ah, no, wrong. <laughs> no,
0: the record does not matter as nearly as much as people say. People get so just like, they get so fooled by it. They see this big, gaudy number. And it's like, well, that's very pedestrian. You have to dive deeper. And we've been saying it all the year. We really don't trust the Vikings. And sure enough, they pull this one off. It was at home in Minnesota, and they can't beat the Daniel Jones-led Giants, who had over 300 yards this game.
1: <laughs> yeah, so an interesting stat on that. This was only the third time this year that Daniel Jones has had over 300 yards, and actually the third time he's only had over 230 yards. So guess who two of these three games were against? <laughs> Anybody want to fetch her a guess? <laughs> I, I got to guess. What is it? I'm going to say it's the Minnesota Vikings. Ding, 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 that's right. (laughs) Twice over 300 yards against the Vikings. Only one other time did he get over 230 this year.
0: (laughs) Think about that. Think about that for a second. That is horrible. This is the worst defense in the NFL. (laughs) What happened to the purple people eaters? This is the complete opposite.
1: (laughs) But I I love that said about Daniel Jones. And really, also in the post-game win expectancy, it was at 89% for the Giants. And I mean, looking over this, the stats for this game, I think that definitely backs it up well. I mean, they outgained them by quite a bit. Over at 100 yards, they outgained the Vikings. And yeah, they look good. I mean, more effective in less attempts passing and just worlds more effective rushing the ball as well. Yeah. Good on the Giants.
0: Right. Like, they played like a very solid game. Like, they passed it well, they ran it well, they played good defense when it mattered. They didn't turn the ball over, and they went into Minnesota and beat a fraudulent Vikings team. And that's not an easy thing to do in that atmosphere. And for the Vikings, like, we all saw this coming. Like, Kirk Cousins, that last play, fourth and eight, throws a two-yard out to Hawkinson who's blanketed. That just sums up Kirk Cousins and the Vikings this year.
1: Yeah, definitely does. And definitely does. in my
0: opinion, this cements Brian Dayball as Coach of the Year. Being able to take this Giants team... playoff victory is just absolutely insane with who do they have who's the number one wide receiver I don't even know who. like they have just like completely surprised me this this season I really think that that just culture is completely turned around from what was a dumpster fire last year
1: yeah and really getting the most out of their players and I'll be very excited to watch the Giants as the, the future unfolds for them
0: yes maybe they're another sneaky upset pick this week against Philadelphia
1: very well could be Yes, (laughs)
0: Yes, <laughs> And yeah, from that game we will transition to another game that saw it go a lot closer than I thought, certainly, and that is the Ravens and the Bengals. Bengals winning 24-17, to but to be honest, the Ravens kind of outplayed the Bengals in this game.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, when you take a little bit of a closer look here at these stats... Baltimore actually outgained Cincinnati by 130 yards in this game. And taking a little bit even closer look, as you go into the quarterback stats, Tyler Huntley had more passing yards with less attempts and less completions, which is certainly concerning. Yeah. (laughs) And when you look at the Bengals... You would, and what a good season he's had. Burrow seems like he should have earned the benefit of the doubt by now, but I feel like I can't say I'm not concerned after a performance like that. I mean, as well as their rushing offense averaging just 2.8 yards per carry.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they should have lost. Like I'm going to be honest, they should have lost. They were one terrible play away from losing this game, and that was Tyler Huntley trying to go over the top, thinking he was Trevor Lawrence. When it just was not going to happen, and the fumble re- returned all the way, so if that doesn't happen, the 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 Ravens may very well have won this game, and they they outperformed the Bengals in every statistical category.
1: Yeah, and we'll bring back post game win expectancy one more time. The Bengals were at thirty three percent. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't account for that fumble return, which is part of the reason why they're so low. But yeah, thirty three percent.
0: So yeah, I mean, these teams we thought were juggernauts, we thought were they had they were impeccable. Maybe they're not. And we will get to that in just a second here. But now we transition to the last game of the week, and that was the Dallas Cowboys victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, eliminating Tom Brady from the playoffs and the first time the Cowboys have ever beat Tom Brady, and what a glorious victory this was for every NFL fan.
1: Congratulations to the Cowboys are finally beating Tom Brady, yes. and for also now owning the the record of having more playoff wins than Tom Brady. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they now have one more than he does.
0: <laughs> That's not such a great stat. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Well, I would say overall the Cowboys' defense impressed me this game. Yes, I saw them constantly in the passing lanes and tipping balls. They held Brady to his lowest completion percentage since Week Two. His third lowest QBR of the season, even. He had there were twenty one straight passing plays by the Bucks in this one, which was very interesting and kinda of said about how bad their rushing is as well. Yeah. But even when they were up by twenty five, the cowboy defense held on the uh, in a goal to go situation for a turnover on downs. I mean, I felt that was big, like in a situation where they didn't need it. They stopped him
0: anyway. Right, and they had the interception in the end zone as well.
1: Yeah. So, like, I was impressed by the Cowboys' defense in this one.
0: Yes, they were unusually clutch, and Dak played a very clean game, played really well, got off to a bit of a slow start, but really picked it up, and the Cowboys just dominated this game through and through. And Tom Brady, having to shoulder all of the weight, again, they could not run the ball at all. They rushed it 12 times for 52 yards, and that's just... (laughs) not winning football you're asking a 45 year old quarterback to throw it 66 times it's kind of like the lakers and their entire offense is lebron james i mean the dude is old like you can't win like that and tom brady's not gonna be with the bucks next year in all likelihood we'll see what he can do i still think he can play but the cowboys just for all the talk that they were gonna choke this game away they came out and played very well and for that i'm very happy for the cowboys yeah
1: but going back to brady's point i mean there was a conversation I had while I was watching the game with my parents. We were talking about, like, well, what is Brady anymore? And we kind of came to the point, it's like, well... Is he elite? He, he's No, I said no. I said no, he's not elite. But we came to the point there he can win. If he has a good a supporting cast with him, he could win. He could probably win a Super Bowl if he had a very good supporting cast. But he's not the quarterback that can carry you to a Super Bowl anymore.
0: Yeah. I think you know he was he retired and then unretired so he's very close to being done. So maybe he gives it another shot, maybe he doesn't. But it was uh, very good to see the Cowboys win this game as we both picked them and we were both cheering for them here. Yes. <laughs> so yes, the Cowboys looking very good and are they for real? We are going to get into that with our segment called stressed or impressed and we're doing this shotgun style. So we're gonna give you all the teams that won this week, and we are going to be telling you if we are in, are impressed by their victories, or are we still a little bit stressed about these teams? So we're gonna start it off with the Dallas Cowboys. They beat the Buccaneers dominated. Are you stressed or impressed?
1: I am impressed. Dak Prescott showed up big and was extremely efficient, posting a 75% completion percentage, a 143 QBR, and his third best yards of attempt this season, 9.2. A far cry from Brady's 5.3.
0: Yes, and I would tend to agree with that. I am definitely impressed by the Cowboys. And there was a lot of noise surrounding this game. And as I mentioned earlier in the season, I think the Cowboys do very well when they kind of are, are laying low. When the noise and the bright lights get loud, they tend to collapse. But in this scenario, they stood up and they delivered a very clutch win. So I am very impressed by the Cowboys. And then we move on to the Cincinnati Bengals, who just nearly pulled one out over the Ravens. Are you stressed or impressed by the Bengals?
1: I'd say we definitely. i would definitely stressed for them. Yeah, like like we talked about. Not like getting out game by the Ravens by that bad, and the rushing attack still being so poor in this one, definitely has me stressed about them.
0: All right, and for me, I am. I'm gonna say, I I'm not stressed about the Bengals. I'm not gonna say I'm impressed, but I'm not stressed, and they're facing. A division rival two weeks in a row uh, the Ravens will always put up a very good fight yes the Bengals probably should have lost this game they didn't I don't think they'll play like this ever again so I'm not stressed but I'm not impressed by the Bengals either I guess so yeah I'm, I'm cheating a little bit in this game here um, and then we got the Giants beating the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota are you stressed or impressed with the Giants
1: impressed definitely impressed here did not expect the kind of offensive output the Giants were able to put out. I mean, I predicted to be a very low-scoring game, and the Giants were able to go tip for ten here and keep at a high-scoring and get over thirty points.
0: And I would have to agree with that. I'm very impressed with the Giants. They're a very solid team, and they can beat maybe any team in the league if they play their best game. And they played their best game here against the Vikings. So, well, maybe not any team in the league, but if the if they are able to force turnovers and play a clean game. They can really be contenders here. So I definitely am impressed with the Giants. And then we have the Buffalo Bills beating the uh, Miami Dolphins. And the score does not reflect how the game actually went uh, uh, as that 90% win um, rating signifies. So are you stressed or impressed with the Bills?
1: I mean, a lot of people are stressed here, but I'm going to switch to impressed here. And I'm going to tell you why. So I heard a lot of people concerned about the high volume of deep passes... In this game, but I sing a different tune. In my opinion, when you're in the postseason, you need big plays more than ever. Staying aggressive versus the league's best is instrumental in continuing to win. Not to mention the fact that Josh Allen has an absolute cannon of an arm and has the number one passing rating on throws of 20 plus yards down the field. They attempted 20 plus thro- yard throws down the field 12 times, the most they've done so this year, and for staying that aggressive and for hitting some of those plays, I am impressed
0: and I am, despite your great points, I'm going to go the other way and I am going to be stressed, very stressed about the bills. Maybe it's because um, I live in a scenario where many people are negative about the bills. Maybe that's getting to me. I don't know, but I see this as very stressful and I think Josh Allen's aforementioned cannon of an arm will end up costing them in this next week. And unfortunately, I just think that they are too sloppy at this point in the season. And I, therefore I am very stressed about the Buffalo bills. Then we have the Jacksonville Jaguars, who pulled out a close one against the Chargers, winning 31 to 30. Are you stressed or impressed with Jacksonville?
1: I'd have to say impressed after being able to come back by 27 points down. I think there's no other way to say it than impressed.
0: Yes, and I would have to agree with that. Very impressed. And, and they have really just proven me wrong here. I really uh, was hesitant to jump on their bandwagon when they had those wins. And they have, yeah, they've just completely obliterated all my takes. So I'm not going to say a word about the Jaguars from here on out. Just let them do their thing. Very impressed with Jacksonville. And lastly, we have the 49ers, who demolished the Seahawks in the second half, winning 41-23. Are you stressed or impressed?
1: This may be the easiest one of all. Very impressed by the 49ers.
0: Yes, very, very impressed as I am as well. And with that rookie quarterback, with that great defense, they are looking... Like the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. All right, and that was stressed or impressed. And now we are going to move and give you our game predictions for the NFL Divisional Round where the playoffs get real. And we have some very exciting matchups here. And we're going to start with the Jaguars and the Chiefs going to Arrowhead. Trevor Lawrence against Patrick Mahomes. This should be a very exciting game. Who are you taking in this matchup?
1: Yes, it should be an exciting game, but I believe Kansas City is going to pull this one out.
0: Yes, as do I. Uh, they're going to be very rested. They're going to be prepared. And Jacksonville is a very exciting team. Very young and up on the rise team. But I do think the Chiefs are just juggernauts right now. And they will do enough to get it done. Although the defense is a bit worrisome.
1: Yeah, I, I myself wouldn't consider them juggernauts, but I do believe they're a good team. And they're better than Jacksonville and can take this game.
0: They're juggernauts only because of Patrick Mahomes. Yes, like
1: he's really in everything. <laughs> why. Just an absolutely incredible season by him. Yes.
0: Uh, but yeah, Chiefs should take that one. Uh, then we have the Giants and Eagles playing on Saturday night in divisional round. Third time these teams have played this year. And uh, the Eagles have taken both games. So who do you have winning this one?
1: I mean, the Giants seem to be making it maybe a little bit more interesting than maybe we had first thought when you look at this matchup. But I believe the Eagles will take this one.
0: And I was going back and forth on this one. I initially thought, yeah, Giants won, uh, the Eagles are going to win. Okay, you know, what's the next matchup? But then I was like, wait a second, why am I just writing the Giants off? They've had a really good year. And do I really want to pick the Eagles to lose this game? I don't know. But it's going to be very close. I will take the Eagles here, but it's going to be much closer than people think. And I wouldn't personally wouldn't be surprised if the Giants took this one. As the Eagles, really, they have they kind of been stumbling in the postseason, not looking great. Jalen Hurts coming back, what is he going to look like? Is his shoulder fully healed?
1: Yeah, it could be a stunner, but one that when it's over, you go, no, well, actually, that made sense.
0: Yeah. So yes, definitely. I guess the Eagles should be on upset alert. They should they should watch out for this one.
1: All uh, that being said, I believe that the Eagles' defense is too opportunistic to allow that to happen with the Giants.
0: Right, like they're too fun to like. They can't be out. Like they're too fun to watch. They're too stacked. Like the offensive line, the defensive line, which is like four players with over ten sacks. Yeah, crazy. And, and it's like incredible. I, I so badly want to see the Eagles and 49ers play in the divisional round. It's insane. Uh, but then we have the Bengals and Bills, and this is going to be the best matchup of the NFL season, in my opinion. Matchup we never got to uh, to see, and it's going to be taking place in Buffalo. Who do you have winning this game?
1: I really the Buffalo Bills winning in this one.
0: And as I mentioned before, I was stressed with the Bills, neither impressed or stressed with the Bengals. I'm going to stick with my guns, with my bracket. I'm going to take the Bengals here. And I just believe that they're... I think they're just going to be a little bit too clutch. I I do foresee a turnover, unfortunately, being the demise for Buffalo here. But, again, this is going to be a really good game, and it may depend on who gets the ball last, as we see. That's, a lot of the times, that's the outcome of a lot of these games with elite quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I mean... And I wouldn't uh, say you're wrong for having that take either, or either of those takes really that it couldn't come down to turnovers to Buffalo and that the team with the ball last is going to win.
0: Yes. And then we have the final matchup of the week: the Dallas Cowboys going to San Francisco to take on the Forty Nine ers. And you are you've been pretty high on the Cowboys this year. Do you have them perhaps taking this game in an upset?
1: In fact, I do. Oh, sticking to, to the gun. I'm going to my bracket, what I picked, and I'm going to continue this and say the Cowboys are going to take this one. And
0: I'm going to go in the opposite direction. I will take the 49ers here, but the Cowboys have been looking really good. I really am. I'm pulling for the Cowboys at this point because Mike McCarthy will always have a special place in my heart as a Packer fan. So I'm pulling for the Cowboys. I just think the 49ers are just a little bit too good at this point. And that is our game picks for the divisional around uh, weekend, and now Scott is going to give you his parlay for the week.
1: I mean, what a, what a weekend we've got coming up here, with possibly two all-time great games coming up with the Dallas and the 49ers, as well as Bills and Mangles. Super excited for these games. Last week in my predictions, I went two out of three, losing on only the Chargers, we'll get into Cowboys and the Bengals correct. So this week is the last week we'll all have three games to pick from, so next week we'll have to come up with something a little bit different for this. That being said... My picks this week will be the Buffalo Bills, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Oh, you went with the three, the risky, well, there's only four games, but you went with two very risky ones there Bills and the Eagles, in my opinion, and Cowboys, the riskiest of all.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I see how much I can win there. Oh, that always draws me in.
0: Yes. <laughs> I do believe the Bills are favored in this one. Yes, they're by, favored by four and a half. Yeah, actually. quite a large margin there. I was surprised.
1: Yeah, quite a bit bigger than it was a couple of weeks ago.
0: Right, I, Vegas has sticked with them all the year, though, as the favorites.
1: Yeah, they definitely have. The Eagles by favored by seven and a half here, and the Cowboys are underdogs by three.
0: All right, well, if there's anything we know about this season, it's that we really don't know what's going to happen next, and that makes it all the more exciting. So we hope you have a great divisional round weekend and enjoy the matchups that the NFL has to offer. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob. Yeah, two.